a person suffering from homelessness or addiction or substance abuse um, lives in the eye of a hurricane, if you can just start to subside some of that storm, they can stand on their own feet, they can look themselves in the mirror. Mental health and addiction are largely misunderstood. We often struggle in silence, but there is hope for a better life. I'm Trevor Steinhauser, and this is Stigmatized. Today I'm with Mitch Harrelson, who is the Director of Care at the Life Learning Center in Covington, Kentucky. Thanks for being here, Mitch. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what interested you in social work and what you've made a career out of. Um, well, honestly, I had no idea what social work was when I was a kid, um, really. So I went to, to school to be a teacher. I wanted to be an English teacher. I thought it would be super cool. So go to college. I get that license and I start teaching in a high school and the the most enjoyable part of like my entire day was not standing up in front of the class like preaching and talking about Shakespeare poems or like a, a novel that we were trying to cover. Um, it was working one-on-one with a student um, and I had one student, um, Jason, he was fantastic, um, just going through some stuff like some personal issues and life with family um, and so we would meet probably two, three times a week, um, and just try to work on things, Yeah, right? Just talk, just listen. And I, I found out that I was um, a pretty decent listener. Um, and my wife wanted to, to move back to Cincinnati. She's from here, and uh, we were living in uh, Boise, Idaho. Um, so we come back here, and I have a real tough time like finding a teaching job. Like CPS had just had, or Cincinnati Public Schools, um, I just like tiered down a lot of positions. And um, because I had some case management history during college, I was like, well, here's how I'll get in until I can get a teaching job. Um, and that was kind of my foray to social work, to like working with young kids, working with just being a listening ear. Uh, and, and having someone there for them that they could count on, try to troubleshoot any problems, help them with transportation issues, education, food, clothing. Uh, and that was my introduction to social work. And then um, I found out I wasn't very good at it uh, because I, I didn't have that skill set. And so I, I went back to school, went to UC, University of Cincinnati, um, for my master's in social work and actually learned not only like the jargon of it, but the actual procedures and policies um and then kind of just went on from there so where were you working with these kids where you kind of rekindled your uh, fire for for working with them that you had found in boise yeah so um when i first came here i worked at uh, this place called easter seals um so it works primarily with individuals with uh, developmental delays or cognitive disabilities um, but they also have a youth program that's pretty fantastic i mean it's still there i'm still um pretty closely attached to it, um, make referrals there. Um, there's a, a, a nonprofit arm, a social enterprise over in Northside called Building Value. And so I moved over there and I was the case manager there um, 
it's you know all reclaimed um, wood and donated furniture and and uh, building supplies. Um, so I got to be a social worker there on site and help kids and young men and young women and individuals with disabilities as they got more experience on a um, a, a job and employment front. Um, and then I was like, I really need to learn more. So after you got your degree, your master's, what what where'd you go? Um, then I went to an organization called Silo, Center for Independent Living Options. And, and from there, I, I learned more about the homeless population, I learned more about permanent supportive housing, um, how, how individuals are experiencing homelessness, what kind of hoops they have to jump through. Um, and at that opportunity, I, um, I totally, I don't want to say capitalized on it, but I took advantage of, of something that came across my plate. Uh, myself and a, a close friend of mine, uh, Mike Jones, he he and I were given kind of the keys to a kingdom. They basically gave us the opportunity to start a social enterprise, whatever we wanted to do. And uh, we thought about it for a long time, and we started a T-shirt shop. Um, so it's called a, like a promotional item shop. Um, so we started this shop, and everyone that we employed um, was homeless or um, has experienced homelessness. And so I would go out into the community, and he ran the shop for the most part, and try to sell t-shirts. Say, your company, this company, this nonprofit, you guys are doing a fun run or um, your family union, you're gonna buy t-shirts, let us do them. We'll compete with whatever price that you are doing, but your money's gonna stay here in town and your money is going to help an individual that would be on the side of the road. Um, and it was a pretty easy sell. We were just in a, um, a really expensive location. And so we can never really dig out of, uh, out of that hole of our location. Um, uh, but it was great. So we got to run the business for um, a little over a year. I learned a lot about business. Um, I learned a lot about billing, about staffing, and uh, I absolutely fell in love with it. Was it t-shirts only? Um, we did mugs. We kind of, well, we were horrible at mugs, to be honest with you. Um, but we were even worse at hats. Um, hats, I would I would ask people not to not to buy hats. We were we were pretty bad at hats. Meaning you were doing it all there. Yeah, we were doing um, like ninety five percent of everything. Um, every once in a while, depending upon the print, um, we'd get some assistance with uh, with the actual print, and then we would press it on, or we'd do like this the screen. Um, but we'd do all the transfers on site. That's awesome. So that lasted a year, and then. Yeah, and then we, had to, then we had to shut down, and um, that kind of took some winds out of my wind out of my sails. Um, but while I was there, I was introduced to um, this place in in Covington, Kentucky, just across the river, and uh, I got to take a tour. It's called the Life Learning Center, and I fell absolutely in love with it. Um, it's this gigantic building, uh, sixty six thousand square feet. It's it's pretty obnoxious in size, um, has a really small staff. There's only 10 of us there. Um, but once I saw it, I, I knew that's who I wanted to work. That's what I wanted to do. Um, took me multiple interviews to get on, and I, I feel like I got lucky. Um, I've been able to to do a lot there. We, we at Life Learning Center right now, we don't take any state or federal money. And so... First, real quick, just start at the beginning and tell okay. us what... 
Okay, sorry. Well, no, what, yeah. what, what it's about. So Life Learning Center is a, a, a regional nonprofit, not taking any state or federal money. It doesn't matter what county you come from. So you could be in Hamilton County. You could be in Butler County in, North, in Ohio. You could be across the river in uh, Kenton or Boone or Campbell. Wherever you're coming from, if you can get to us, we'll help you get back. That being said, we also don't have to play with state boundaries. You, anyone can come. It's a 12-week program to help individuals um, reach their highest potential, anyone that's at risk. And because we don't take any state or federal money, we don't ask what your income is. We don't ask um, how many people are in your household. I mean, we ask that for demographics, but not for qualifications, not to get in the program. Um, and then we're trying to work with the person on an individual level. Like we get down in the weeds to remove barriers, but help them find um, that spark in them again to to get on their feet, to stand up, and to be um, that contributing member of society. Um, it's it's pretty fantastic that we're doing such an individualistic work. Like we're meeting the person exactly where they are. You have to be 18. So we're, we're asking people to be 18. Um, we're doing a pilot program right now with an amazing program called Youth Build. So 16 to 24 year olds, um, but we're working with primarily 17 year old uh, young men and women, um, young individuals. And uh, we do a background check on everybody. We It's permissible to have a felony. You can have a felony or misdemeanor, it just can't be violent felony. Um, and then we do a drug screen on everybody, volunteers alike. Um, you can be on medically assisted treatment. That's totally fine. Anything that we can do to help you, um, we can connect you to treatment. Um, we just need to see the script for that. Um, and then we do an intake interview. We want to talk to you. We want to find out where you're coming from, where you want to go. Um, but anyone that wants to wants to be there, we want to work with them. How about outreach? How how are you getting these folks and your name out there? Uh, and it's it's established now for sure. I mean, it's a this place is amazing. Uh, but how are you getting in touch with these people to say, hey, come, let us help? Yeah. Um, so our president Alicia Webb Edgington. Um, she says this herself, so hopefully it's not offensive. Um, she's a recovering politician, and so she can stand up in front of anybody. Where two will gather, we'll go and talk. Um, so we're going actually into the jails. So people that are there for um, like a substance abuse program, like a JSAP, um, or we'll go to an IOP group or an intensive outpatient. Um, we'll go to homeless uh, shelters. Um, so we work with a number of shelters in the area that um, will like reserve beds for our people that they're applying. Because um, housing is another thing that we're trying to trying to work with. If you're if an applicant is worried about where they're going to stay tonight or tomorrow night, they're they're not able to really focus in class. Um, so, and that's one of the, there's only a few requirements, that's, but that's one of them. That's one of them, right? So we're, we only really turn people away and we don't really turn them away. Um, we kind of push pause on their application process. So if you're sleeping in an encampment or if you're sleeping in your car, we're going to push pause and myself and some other social workers are going to sit down with you, make sure you get into some housing, that you get some additional wraparound uh, resources, whether it's um, a box of food, whether it's... I don't know, um, ID. If you don't have a state ID, it doesn't matter how employable you are, you can't get that job, 
right? You could be the best applicant. I just don't have a state ID or social. And so myself and my staff will work with an individual and we have funding to purchase that ID um, to make sure that they have food, that they have, that they can get into a sober living facility. Um, and then we'll give them sheets, a blanket, pillow, hygiene items. So um, you're still helping they just can't enter the 12-week program yet, which is awesome. Right. And yeah. then we get them settled. Um, it all goes back to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like everyone wants the tip of that triangle of self-actualization, self-realization. Um, but you just need, you know, clothing, shelter, security, food. And and we need to address those things before you can move on to the next level. And so what, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to calm that that initial storm that an individual is living in, whether or not they're homeless or experiencing homelessness um, or just coming in because like my life, I, I'm not in charge of my life right now and I want to be. Um, I use the example when I talk to clients or even my friends, um, in the story of my life, I want to be the main character. I, like, I don't want to be this bit part that sits in the back and is not driving the bus. Like, I want to be that main character. And so we want to, to empower someone else to be that main character of their story. And it's so crucial that when somebody comes in, even though they're lacking some stuff to, to get into the program, you don't just say, okay, check the boxes and come back when you have these things. Because this demographic... Uh, is coming from a life where th they have not had the support and love and you know there's trust issues there so if if you send them right back out there's a good chance that they're going to say you know here's just another letdown in my life so uh, you're building trust immediately absolutely so we we had um so we'll have women or men come from the jail that are 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 just kind of lost right what's the next step where do i go um we'll have women come from a battered women's shelter. It's like, this. I, I need some help. Like, please help me out. Um, and one woman came to us the other day, uh, it's probably less than a month ago, three or four, day, three or four weeks ago, that was, um, clothing was seasonally inappropriate to like the 10th degree. She's wearing a tank top and uh, some shorts and um, socks with flip-flops. She came down, head was head was down, and she's like, I want to... Well, I didn't even know what color her eyes are, right? Like, she could have been wearing sunglasses, and I couldn't even see. She's like, I want to apply for the program. I heard you guys can help some people. Um, when does... When, how do I do this, right? I heard there's an interview. Um, and I had uh, one of my interns with me, and it's like, well, we're not even going to talk to you. And I grabbed my keys, like, let's go to the clothing closet. And so we took her upstairs, and she got um, like a long sleeve shirt, a hoodie, a jacket, pair of pants, some shoes. Um, we have some new underwear and socks to give her, and uh, and then we like we told her on the way back down, like here's our cafe. We'll make sure you get a box of food on the way out, and it's a, a bus pass to get back. Um, let's go and talk. Right. And so now her head's high, like oh. her shoulders are back. She's ready to talk to us. And dignity. We've talked, we talked about that earlier. And it all comes back to dignity. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. now she's comfortable in her own skin. She's also warmer. Sure. And then she, she's willing to talk. And then she's seen like we're, we're willing to do something for her. Straight away. Straight away. Yeah. And now all we're asking of this woman, this amazing woman that's in the program now, is just to be honest with us. Right. Like tell us everything that's, that's going on just so we know what's coming down the road. Baseline. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll talk about all the amenities and, and resources this place, is, this place has. But this clothing closet, which is just upstairs on the second floor of this building, is the size of a small gym. Yeah. And, and it's all clothing that's been donated by whomever. Right. Yes. And it, I mean, you have suits and uh, pant suits for women and you know because a lot of this is get back to work yep. stuff you know so just i remember taking that tour with you the first time and it's just, well that's the genesis right so it's like okay so we want these people to uh these men and women these individuals um to to be able to go and do that interview right to feel comfortable right there's there's something different when you 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 are comfortable in your skin and you like the way you look right so it's it's dress for the test type of mentality. Um, but I've never mowed my lawn in a suit. I've never worn a suit um, to wash my clothes, to wash my car, um, to go grocery shopping. Like you need another set of clothes. And so we have a partnership with a, a another t-shirt shop because um, the one I ran, Artifacts, um, is no longer in, in business. Um, but we get kind of all of their factory seconds. Um, so if, if the logo is just a little bit off or if, if it's, we got 20 shirts that were perfect. Um, however, it's the wrong color t-shirt for the customer. And so they couldn't sell those. And so they donated them to us. And so we have, we, we received a cash uh, a couple months ago of about 300 t-shirts, like brand new, perfect t-shirts. Um, and so we can give those away. And so you can work out and stuff because we have a gym on site. Um, you can sleep in it, an undershirt, like, Everything you need just to be that, again, that level of dignity. Because um, it's not all just interview attire. It's just day-to-day -day stuff that you need. Yeah. Well, let's go back. So this was originally the idea of some people in the business community or philanthropic community Correct. in the early 2000s? Yeah. So um, in about 2004, 2005, um, some of the business community got together and our um, our board president, kind of our founder, is Mr. Bill, uh, William Butler. Um, so Mr. Butler and um, some people in Northern Kentucky came together and it's like, what is missing? What? How can we help? And uh, in 2006, they applied and they got their 513C status. Um, so we've been in existence as a nonprofit since 06. Um, this rendition, um, we moved to this our current location in Covington, um, 20 West 18th Street, um, in uh, 14, 2014. So we, we outgrew a building that was about 4,000 square feet, 5,000 square feet, and now we're just in like a, a mall, basically. Um, my wife teases me, depending on how many tours, I can get upwards of like fifteen to 20,000 steps a day um, just because we're so big. Imagine. Um, yeah, it's it's an amazing place. Um, so let's, let's talk about it uh, a little bit more. So let's talk about the... Uh, I want to talk about everything that you have available to the candidates, but let's talk about just the program, the twelve-week program, cool, and what you know what that's all about. So we, um, I have uh, for some reason like crazy ideas too often, and um, I feel like I make my boss's life a little bit difficult because I'll walk into uh, an office like, "Hey, I have this crazy idea. What if we?" did this or that. Um, and one of them was just, I really like data. Um, 
I wear glasses. I have a beard. And so people think I can fix your computer. I cannot. Um, but I just track everything. And so outcome wise, I was trying to figure out like, why are some people more successful than others? Is it seasonal? Is it the, the, the time of day that they're receiving programming? And what we we came up with was um, the program used to be, so it's 12 weeks long and it's still 12 weeks long. Week one of the program, it was Monday through Friday um, from nine to four. And then week six of the program was Monday through Friday, nine to four. The other 10 weeks was a single day of the week. It was either a Tuesday, a Wednesday, or Thursday, nine to four of those days. Uh, but we had a lot of people that said, you know, I, I have the second shift job. Now I need to leave early and then I need to come back and do makeup days. Or I have this evening job, this night programming. Like how, how can we make this work? And so I had this crazy idea and I don't think I could do it again. Um, but I, I said, what if our program was three days a week instead of like one day a week? for the entire program and it's nine to noon. So I can still work a second shift job or I can have a, and we also have an evening program. So then I can work in the evening and then have it during the day or vice versa. And so we're, we're kind of turning 2020 on its ear and we're gonna see, um, and the feedback so far has been fantastic that they can still do all of their appointments and we kind of get to some of those appointments later. But we're, we're giving them the programming. And I mean, academically for me, I could sit through a three-hour class. But once we broke that fourth hour, we're coming back after lunch. Like attention level goes down. Mm -hmm. I've eaten. And that's one more thing that we're doing. Um, we're serving 13 meals a week. So it's breakfast and lunch Monday through Friday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have dinner. Um, and that's for volunteers alike. And we're always looking for volunteers. Um, but we're, we're trying to make sure that that dignity level, you're fed, you don't even have to ask, you're not stealing food. Because um, about four years ago, we had this rash of people showing up hungry and, and not bringing food. And so it was like, well, how can we help? What can we do? And so our kitchen just kind of totally just blew up and we're, we're cooking meals this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, this is not like a, you're not walking in into a little deli and grabbing a prepackaged sandwich. I mean, this is a legit full-fledged kitchen with a chef. We have a chef on staff yeah. that went to school to be a chef, yeah. right? It's not, um, I feel bad for people when she goes on vacation and uh, Madeline goes on vacation because then it's like me and like another schmo um, just like making like bologna on hand sandwiches because <laughs> um, she's making like actual meals that, um, and some days of the program are harder are more emotionally taxing and I let her know that. And so she's, she's making a stick to your, to your rib cage, like stew or, um, pie or, or something. And, uh, and we're just trying to like bring love back into that. Cause that was, the, that was the busiest room in my house. It wasn't like the living room, wasn't the TV room. It was the kitchen, Like right? Something's cooking. The place smells good. Let's go there and we'll hang out. Right. Um, and so we're trying to bring that love just by way of food. We just want to feed people. Yeah. And we're, we're on track this year to, um, to break 12,000 meals. Last year, um, we almost broke 6,000, um, feeding everybody we could, right? Like, how can we help? How can we push meals? How can we give you stuff to go home? I had a goal this year of 2019 to increase that 50%. It's like, what if we broke 9,000? That'd be amazing. Um, and we're, we have the trajectory for the end of this year to break 12,000 meals. So I'm um, the beauty of it. You have space for all this growth too. Absolutely. That whole 
upper floor that's just ready right. to yeah be. so the third floor looks like i i make the joke that it's a bombed out chipotle right so it's exposed brick you see all the heating and all the duct work um and it's just empty or storage um the only thing that's really up there are like christmas decorations and uh i started a bicycle co-op and so we're sitting on about 20 bikes um there's an amazing bike shop in uh, in Newport, Reeser, and if someone goes in there and it's like, yeah, I got this old bike, do you guys want it? He directs them to us, and, and so we get probably 20, maybe more donated bikes a year, um, and they're all pretty good. I mean, you're not going to win the Tour de France or anything on any of these things, but um, it... it it's that level of dignity that I can I can ride somewhere. I have transportation. I have this new set of freedom. I mean, when I was 12 years old and my old man gave me like a, a nice bicycle, um, I mean, it was basically a key to the Corvette. I could yeah. do whatever I wanted. I could go wherever. Um, but then like these people can also, the people we're working with um, can put it on the front of a bus. I was just going to say, absolutely. Right? Then they don't have to pay for a transfer. I don't have to pay for parking. I mean, I worked downtown for uh, a couple months and, and I got like three or four parking tickets and I was just paying through the nose for parking. However, we can help, right? They can go to, we have a partnership with Gateway Community Technical College across the river and it's easy to get in and out of there. It's faster by bike. Like, what can we do? And we're just trying to remove any sort of barrier. And that's just, I mean, some of your crazy out of the box thinking is you know, just something as simple as a bike program. Yeah. You know, that's just awesome. And and because the building is so big, um, I can have like weird, crazy ideas. Because um, normally, like when I was working at other places, and and I'm not trying to downplay anybody, because these are all amazing programs. Still, Easter Seals is fantastic. Building Value is fantastic. Silo is doing amazing work. Um, but you don't have the sixty six thousand square foot building, right? A lot of organizations. Um, just don't have the space to say, what if we built a clothing closet that looks like a basketball gym? What if we had a, um, this bicycle program? Where, where are we going to put 30 bicycles? Like, really? Right. I was like, well, we have the third floor and let's do it. Right? We have space and we just brought in a new residential partner. Um, we're partnering with um, Tattoo Removal Inc. And so they'll do tattoo removal on site at Life Learning Center. And so not only do they have like space for the lasers, they have two lasers, um, but they also have like office space, right? They'll have a cubicle that they can do all this stuff and they'll be on site removing all of these barriers, which are tattoos, for free, right? Like how can we help? You tell me what's going on and and we'll jump through hoops. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just kind of hodgepodge through this thing, but give us a little overview of what the 12-week week by week just a brief what are they learning um so we work off of five main pillars and man i really hope i remember each one of them um so, so we're going to be ruffling through some papers here so just bear with us on the noise oh man um so each person so we work off of um financial emotional physical um spiritual so we're non-denominational so we don't um we're not trying to push an ideology um we're saying you know there's something bigger than us and then lastly relational yeah so emotion physical emotions working for a better life building relationships i'm assuming this is still yep financial spiritual and then getting out and getting a job yep yeah yeah um so those five things so those five main pillars um we're we're trying to teach people how to um, respond rather than react, because if you 
you flip a table if you're having a conversation it's it's gone to the point where you're flipping a table you can't sit down at that table again right like you've you've lost it so how do we how do we learn to respond rather than react how do we identify um, what a healthy relationship is um, to make it like over simplistic um, you know there's there's relationships that you want to um, nurture there's relationships you want to develop and those that are pseudo cancerous right that you need to cut out of your life um, how do we identify those three groups like what do we do and um, and it's not necessarily like how do I get better at nurturing those relationships or developing or cutting. It's that's painful just to figure out who is in what, right? Like, okay, the person that I've I've been using with is obviously over here, um, but we're or are we both um, working on our sobriety? Maybe I need to to nurture that. Maybe we need to be a support system for each other. Um, how can we help? Uh, financial to to graduate the program, you need to do one of three things. So it's um, enroll in higher education, um, it's employment or enlistment in a branch of the military. So when now I have I have some money, how do I budget it? Right? Like what do I? I mean, we're getting down to dollars and cents. What do I need to do? Because it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete here in town or if you just got that first job. If you don't know where your money's going, you're going to end up on the wrong end of that money. And so we're trying to just talk about budgets. Let's build a budget. Let's figure out where everything is going. My my wife is amazing with our finances. Um, absolutely amazing. And uh, I can't say thank you enough for her, everything that she has. She has like our future projected out and our retirement and our kids' retirement. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, but we we vote with our dollar, right? Not like capital P political, but like what are our priorities? And, and if I'm buying a, a Coke or a Starbucks or donuts every day, that's where my priority is. And that's where I need to put it in my budget. And so we're trying to help people identify where where are you voting? What is the priority for you? Because you have all these bills as well. Like how do you fall in line? How do you just identify what is a priority? And so that's, that's kind of like the financial piece. And we have some partners that teach that that are amazing. Um, and then spirituality. There's, I, I think there's something bigger than me. Um, we're, we're, we've touched pretty much every sect of Christianity, Hinduism, Judaism, um, Islam, you name it. We and pretty whatever much, they catch on to, they can learn more about it. Yeah, right? Like, how do you connect? Um, and, and I've had my own spiritual journey, right? I think everyone has their own spiritual journey. Um, and so we want to just kind of help someone be, be grounded and say, there's something bigger than you. Um, I don't believe in the um, the golden rule because I think like if I'm going to be nice to you, it's only so I get something back. Um, someone told me a long time ago the platinum rule, like I'm going to be nice to you, so you're nice to other people. I do unto others, so they'll do unto others. Because it's 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 cyclical. It's this butterfly effect. It's that's how the world goes around. And so I want to teach people that. Let's let's do this for the greater good and not just so it comes back to me. This isn't that that one hand washing the other. It's no, we all need to wash our hands because it's flu season and it's going to come back to us eventually. Yeah. And there's it takes no longer to be nice to somebody no. than it does to you know bitch and moan. You know, it's just and it makes you feel good. 
Right, just wait four more seconds and hold the door for somebody. Exactly, just right. one you know, random act of kindness, and it—it's amazing what it does to the individual who you're helping, and you know, feels good to you too. So it's—it's it's crazy how much. Um, again, not like capital P power, but how much power we have with someone else's day. Right. It's like if I'm a jerk to someone, I can just start knocking those dominoes down and then they they go to work upset or they, they get on the bus upset and they're mad. And then like they're it's it's trickled. That's the trickle down economics. Right. It's like that's what's going to happen. They're a jerk to somebody else and then they're a jerk all day and then nothing works right. I miss every light on the way to work or on the way to school. Like everything is going wrong. And then I go home and I kick my dog and then it's going to splash back and the dog bites me. Right? Right. Like you have that power to like negatively affect someone's day. You also have that power to kind of turn someone's around to just say like, man, this sucks. It's raining outside. Well, let me just, let me help you get to your car. Let me hold the door open. So you're not standing in the rain. Um, here, borrow this, uh, this whole drive through thing. Yeah. is crazy. I went to, Chick-fil-A, and I forgot my wallet, which rarely happens. So I'm panicking, had already ordered, I'm like, you know, and I got up there. I said, I don't know what to tell you, but I don't have my wallet. And they said, well, it's your lucky day. The person in front of you paid for your meal. Now, that could be Chick-fil-A's awesome, you know, model. That, yeah, and and they, that may be something that they yeah, but, but still, stock line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and the, if the it is, thing is, is it cool too? Right. Well, Whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that was just a crazy experience I had. And, you know, the next time I did it, you know, so it's just a, you know, the, the whole thing is, uh, it's not rocket science. But right. Not to be a jerk, but then did you say, it's like, well, what did they order? Because right? I'll, I'll pay <laughs> right. for half of it. That's like two two value meals in there. They're not, like, they're not man, 17 for their sandwich? Company, their oh company. my gosh. Uh, but okay, so when you go upstairs, you have the, you have a whole like book of cubicles. You have the... Um, yeah, my cube farm, as yeah, I call it. Yeah, the tattoo removal, but then you also have an insurance company, uh, food and clothing, volunteer, housing, childcare. I'm reading all these things right here, and you know, mental health, nutrition. So people can they're going to learn about everything to build their their life. Yes, and then you also work with a you have tons of relationships, but uh, you have I'll work with a lot of companies that are second chance employers and you have fairs every once in a while so that when they can come in and do mock interviews and stuff Absolutely. talk a little bit about that because that's that's cool. yeah so um i i use the uh the joke that it's like my cubicle farm right so when i was a little boy i wanted to grow up and, and be a farmer and have a cubicle farm and have all these amazing resources and we do so we have you know, you know upwards of 20 residential partners and so i sell it as this is like a satellite site for your company right if you want to to spread your wings a little bit further if you want to you know touch the community we'll give you basically free office space so we have a dietitian that comes in and uh you know kevin is amazing um and he's taught me some really cool things and one of them is that i can eat whatever i want it doesn't matter what i eat right like Donuts are fine. Oreos are fine. It matters quantity, frequency, and how it's prepared. So I was like, oh, man, well, that's where you caught me up. <laughs> well, you're right? tough. <laughs> I, no, that's, that's where you slow me down. It's like, you can have that Twinkie. It just can't be deep fried, and you can't have nine of them I was say, it can't every be a day. Box. That's, right? that's the struggle. 
So, so we're able to work with these people on an individual basis to set up like mental health counseling, to have an intensive outpatient program on site, tattoo removal. Um, so the insurance is a connector to say what is the best for your for your situation. And so, out of the uh, the the major plans that are out there, it's someone to sit down with you and to kind of rifle through that. Um, and then with the tattoo removal, we have um, we were a pilot program. It's been a little over a year. With probation and parole so say we have 20 people in a class and like our average day class is about 15 average night class is about 20 so um, 15 people 20 people in a class it doesn't matter who's in there um, they can check in with the probation officer there so then I don't have to go all the way to probation parole I don't need to travel and that's primarily for northern Kentucky I know we, we work with people in Cincinnati but for northern Kentucky if you're on probation you can check in with us um, we also do drug screens. So if you need to, to go for a drug screen, like if your probation officer, if the drug court calls and says, hey, today's your day, you got to go. Um, the cheapest drug screen that I see people going out to do is about $10, 10 or 12 bucks. We will foot that bill, like Life Learning Center will, and we'll use our drug screen. It's a, it's a 12 dip test. Um, We'll observe, we'll take it, take a picture, send it to probation parole, send it to drug court, um, whoever needs it. And so one, we're, we're giving them that time back. We're also helping them put 10 to $12 back in their pocket that they didn't have to spend that they may not have anyways. Um, and then they can go back to class. They can go back to um, talking to the dietitian. We have a yoga instructor, um, Kim. She's amazing. She comes every Thursday. Um and she works with people of all abilities, whether um, we've had people in wheelchairs, we've had people with like just health issues. And, and so they can do all of these things all at once. And so it, just for uh, people's education that might not know, a 12-dip test is there a test you, you can test for different 12 drugs. different substances. Yeah. yeah. Cocaine, alcohol, meth, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which Oxycontin, is very compre yeah. comprehensive to keep uh, people... Um, on the straight and narrow so yeah and so with that we also do you know random or it's like hey everybody like we're about to do go into what we call like work week where we're we're doing hard pushes for employment we're doing those mock interviews that you you kind of mentioned um where every all the guys go to dress or well suited which is an amazing program um in northern kentucky or dress for success um which is located here in cincinnati uh for the women and so everyone gets those outfits everyone gets those those clothing items and then they come back um but with that we have, uh, I think it's over 180 employer partners um, that recognize the population that we're working with, second chance, people that are recovering or in recovery, um, that, that know who they're getting. And so we'll say, hey, we have this coming up. We're all going to do drug screens so we can send and start shipping and, and selling your um, day of your resume day of week prior. Like we can do it anytime we want. What if somebody fails a drug test? That's the procedure, right? So, um, so depending upon what it is, right? So alcohol will show up. Alcohol is not illegal, but maybe that's your substance. What do we need to do, right? So you fell off the wagon. Like, let's talk. Um, other people will come clean and say, hey, it's going to be dirty. So what we've done in the past is um, help people check into like residential treatment. We've done detox. We've pushed pause on their, their programming, and then they get rolled into the next month whenever they get out. Sometimes individuals are on probation, and we are obligated to talk to probation parole. We let them know. Um, 
but we also let their their case manager know from the the jail substance abuse program, and so they can talk to probation parole. They have a little bit more authority, having worked inside that jail with them. And so we're yeah, so we're trying to say this is what's going on, this is what we're doing, and how how can we help? Right, and, and they know what to expect too. I mean, they they know the consequences and benefits and and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you also have um, a huge AA meeting. You may have several, but I know yeah. Thursday night Thursday is big. Thursday is huge. Yeah. So it's uh, Don't Do It Alone uh, meets at our place on Thursday night. And um, and that's uh, for anybody. Anybody. You don't so have it's to be, open meeting. Which is, I mean, not that you're trying to sell the place, but I mean, such a great thing to do. Go to a meeting, look In at the pla- building, yeah, look at get the comfortable. Place. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, a slow... This meeting, if it's if it's slow, um, is you know ninety to one hundred people. Um, we've broken, or they've broken, because I don't run it. I just kind of we just host it. Um, they've broken two hundred before, and that's where we start getting a little scared because you know fire marshal comes in and it's like, no matter how big this building is, you have two hundred people in a room. Um, but it's it's pretty amazing that the community has has uh, come together like that. That they're trying to support each other in that manner, and and we want to be good stewards. We wanna we wanna make sure that they're they feel welcome, and uh, we can all take care of each other. Which you certainly are. Um, thanks for giving us the rundown. The place is is truly truly remarkable, and you've got great oversight with a board of business you know, titans and and nonprofits and uh, healthcare. Folks, um, one of which I'm going to have on here in a, a couple of weeks. Dan Meyer's going to yeah, Dan's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. he's going to come on and yeah, Beacon a, of Hope and Nehemiah, they're fantastic. A, yeah, yeah. About a month. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be great. So, um, so what are you seeing in the world of mental health addiction recovery? Uh, do you think things are getting better? Are there programs like this around? I mean, other parts of of the country I and mean, just in general. What what's your what's the temperature in your um, opinion? I'm I'm obviously in love with what we're doing. I mean, that's why I'm I'm there, and that's why I'm I'm promoting it as much as I can, and and trying to be clever and creative with um, barrier removal. Um, we we are a, a one off, right? There's we are not franchised. Um, I wish that that was a, a possibility. I wish that there are more of us, um, but but that's not the case. We we have people contact us or call us occasionally, and it's like, what what's going on? How can we copy this model? Yeah. What's going? What are you doing? What's the secret sauce? And and honestly, the secret sauce is just trying to ask as many questions to the individual that's coming in the door. You just need like the clearest, like you said, transparency earlier, um, transparent picture of where they're coming from. So you can start taking away parts of that storm because um, they live in the eye of the hurricane. Um, a person suffering from homelessness or addiction or substance abuse um, lives in the eye of a hurricane. If you can just start to subside some of that storm, they can stand on their own feet. They can look themselves in the mirror um, and, and start to actually address either the issues that serve that started some of the substance abuse um, or just really focus on their recovery, right? Those, those are the things that I think we really need to focus on. Like, what is the core issue? How do we address it? Um, how do we remove these barriers so you can really do it? Um, I think we were talking earlier, one of like my career things that I'm like most proud of is, is not just that t-shirt shop because I was in love with the t-shirt shop. Um, Artifacts was a ton of fun to do. Um, but this year we started a, a laundromat 
So it's, again, dignity. I have clean clothes. I can throw in some laundry and I can, you know, do the rest of my day. I can go to class. I can get a meal. I can work out in the gym. I can go to IOP. I can do AA. Um, I can meet with a dietitian. I can do tattoo removal on site. All while, like, laundry is being done. I'm doing, like, 9, 10, 12 birds with one stone. Transportation assistance. I can help with transportation assistance. I can get you glasses by way of an amazing program uh one site um it's actually here in cincinnati like i can't give one site enough like credit and accolades for just giving vision back to people it's it's amazing um we had one to kind of go off on a one site tangent uh we had one young man that uh he was like 19 years old um and just had a million jobs on his resume it's like why what what's going on right like what what's happening and he said well I work for four or five weeks and then I get fired because I just miss too many days. Like, well, what, why are you missing days? I got to understand. He's like, I get these crazy headaches. I just get headaches all the time. And these migraines are really bad. And my first thought is because I have uh, my mother passed away from, um, you know, cancerous brain tumor. Um, that was kind of a downer for the podcast. That's, um, hey. So I go there. It's like, oh man, this kid's going to die. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to help him? Um, and then... One of uh, my coworkers asked, like, well, how'd you do in high school? Like, how'd you do in school? And he's like, oh, man, like, junior year, I was just in love with English, and I did really well. And like, well, what about math junior year? And he's like, oh, I just, I was horrible, just the worst. Like, well, what about senior year? It's like, oh, I was really good at math. Like, I just had a better teacher. And then I thought, it's like, where'd you sit in these classes? Like, where was your actual physical seat? And we figured out that the closer to the front the better he did. And so we got him an eye exam and he got glasses and that was it. That was the the headaches. That was the 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 precipice for everything. He just needed glasses. And he's been at his job. We just got a hold of him a couple weeks ago. He's been at his job for a year and a half. He's gotten like two promotions. He's doing really well. And it just came down to glasses. And you know, programs and partners like OneSite and community members here are are just those things that is, is so simple. Right, it's just so simple. Like, let's just give them glasses. Um, my dad used to carry. It's called a P thirty eight. This little tiny can opener. It's this military can opener, and uh, we give away these amazing backpacks. Um, Greater Cincinnati Foundation um, gifted us uh, ten thousand dollars to to give away these backpacks, these kits. Um, and if if you're going to receive food from a place like Free Store, or like a soup kitchen, and they're going to give you cans, well, how are you going to open it? And so I just had this vision of my dad's little tiny can opener. And so I searched them out. They're 28 cents online. So I used some of the money for these backpacks. And everyone with these backpacks now has a can opener, right? It's just if you're going to get these gifts of of food, of cans, how are you going to prepare it? How are you going to open it? What are you going to do? And it's it's just a couple of us, a couple of people in the community that's sitting together. It's like, okay, so how can we really leverage these relationships how can we help right if, if free store is giving away food i need to be able to prepare it i need to be able to open the the can right if i'm going to get this job i need to be able to wear have clothes to get there i need or to to wear at work i need clean clothes and so uh sisters of charity an amazing organization here in town um said that's a pretty decent idea and gave us some money to uh, to build a laundromat. Um, Jolly Plumbing was fantastic and said that's a pretty cool idea. Um, let me help you out. And they 
they helped us out as well. Uh, basically gave us enough money to, to buy a third washer and dryer. Um, and so we can wash clothes. We can make sure that they have IDs and social security cards and um NKU, I'm going to NKU tonight to talk to a, a class over there that gave us a thousand bucks. Um, but the thousand dollars was an ask for uh, steel toe boots. So I was able to buy boots online because I was buying quantity online, 513C. We were able to buy them for $25 a piece, less than 25 bucks. So I got 44, 42 pairs of boots and I've given away two this week, right? I got this job. I'm going to work at this manufacturing, shipping, receiving logistics. I just need steel toe. I don't have them. I don't have transportation. I don't have, um, I need glasses. I need an ID, social security card. Uh, and we're able to give them all of these things by way of this amazing grant from Greater Cincinnati Foundation and uh, their standing and, and Mayerson Center, um, NKU, to stand on their own and have that job, and we're just kind of connecting all these dots. It's yeah. pretty amazing. The, the the place is is incredible. So anybody out there, um, you need to check it out. And so, how can everybody find Life Learning Center? Um, so we're online, obviously. Um, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Um, just under Life Learning Center. Life Learning Center dot us. Right. Okay. So uh, so that's the website. Life Learning Center dot us. Um, I think my email address is connected there. You go in. Um, I'd love to talk to you, give you a tour. Um, I'm I'm pretty passionate about the place. I'm I, I love talking about it. I love getting people excited. It's it's connection, right? It's it's if if you are in love with what you're doing, I think you're going to do a better job. Um, and I love what I'm doing. Just getting down in the weeds and finding what is the genesis of the problem and how can we um, just look at it from a different direction. Um, but I'd love to give you a tour. We do lunch and learns. Um, today is, um, you know, Giving Tuesday. But I know this is recorded for a later date. Um, but we're we're always accepting, like you said, clothing donations. If you got a bicycle that's sitting around that you're not doing anything with, if you have shoes. Um, whether or not they're steel toe or whatever, like we accept shoe donations. Right. Um, lightly worn stuff. Lightly worn stuff. If, if you, um, I made the joke a little while ago, maybe Marie Kondo isn't a thing anymore, right? If it oh, it is in my house for right? sure. If it doesn't bring you joy anymore, get rid of it. It'll Someone yeah. else will have joy, right? Yeah. We, it's a, you know, pair of pants. It's, it's strange. My wife um, was uh, teasing me with intent a while ago because um, I hold on to stuff. Right. I'm, I don't, I'm not necessarily a hoarder, but like probably everyone says that. Um, I got rid of a, one of my dad's old jackets. Um, and was it yesterday? Uh, I took a gentleman up to our clothing closet and he put it on. And um, it was a weird experience to see like my dad's coat mm. walk across the clothing yeah. closet. Um, but it, it didn't spark. It sparked a different joy for me now. Right, like my dad was able to give that guy his jacket, right? Which is exactly what he tried to do. Um, you know, when he passed away, gave what he knew he was going, gave away a lot of his stuff, um, gave away his glasses, which is crazy. Like he's like, someone else can use these. Like, how can we help? Which goes back to that like butterfly effect. Like, hold the door, pay for someone behind you. What can you do? We're way too connected to to not believe that we can have an effect on someone else. Yeah. It sounds like you're infusing a lot of your values in life, uh, but, but the place is changing lives and it's amazing. And I can't thank you enough for, for coming on 
and we'll uh, we'll plaster all the all the so- social media and website uh, on the on the episode notes. And uh, but I wish you luck going forward, and uh, the place is in good hands. No, oh, I appreciate. It. Thanks. This was a ton of fun. Thanks for listening. I want to thank everyone that makes this show possible. Production by Gwen Sound, artwork by Neltner Smallbatch, and photography by John Willis and Lindsay Steinhauser. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review. Visit our website for more information at stigmatizedpodcast.com.